You're tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. This podcast will contain strong language and spoilers for decades-old media properties. Welcome, everybody. This is the podcast where we examine pop culture franchises of the VHS era and improv new stories just pulled right out of our asses to imagine how we might improve our favorite movies, TV, and games. I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we were raised by rentals. Mike. Josh. Mike. Wait. Hey, Mike. That Mike. Hey. Huh? Josh. That, uh, Mike. You, you sound weird. I'm, I'm are, you, are you in like an echo or something? Uh, Josh. Uh, Bye. Think, Bye. Hello. I'm so confused. <laughs> so guys, 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 guys. Oh, hey. Before I tell you who I am, I want you to picture something, all right? The you, We all have great imaginations here. So we have Josh Straussberg. We have Teen Wolf and Teen Wolf 2. So you have Michael J. Fox and Jason Bateman. Who's the cooler Teen Wolf? You'll never know. You'll never know. Hi, everybody. It's the cousin Oliver. Of the Red Pantheon, <laughs> Mike from Count Creepyhead. <laughs> Michael May, welcome. Okay, so now now I'm going to get real confused, because we've already confused everyone listening to this with the Mike chorus that sounded like a really terrible echo. Um, and so now I'm, I'm going to have to come up with some nicknames for you guys, right? So you're going to be Slappy, and you're going to be McGee. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll just go with, uh, I, I guess I'll just go with the Alvarez the alvarez and uh and uh omay right and, and yeah thanks sure. for joining uh omay from the count creepy head saturday morning monster mosh podcast <laughs> i always end up saying it that way <laughs> it's that regional accent you can't get rid of it yeah oh, been in texas for long enough and I, I i've never gotten used to being hot to this day i've never said y'all i still don't say that in all the time i've lived here and i get mad every single halloween and thanksgiving and christmas when i'm hanging up my holiday decorations and fucking shorts and a t-shirt because it's a thousand degrees outside and like <laughs> oh here's here's my pretty snowman in the front yard <laughs> it totally snowed today yep Oh God! Like, old man Winters here. He climbed into bed with me last night. <laughs> oh, we cuddled you close. Were you the oh, big yeah. spoon or the little spoon? Oh, I mean, it's old man Winter. You're always the little spoon. <laughs> and he put his finger somewhere warm. Oh, oh. Right. <laughs> did he make your nipples hard? <laughs> <laughs> he had his hand between two pillows. <laughs> I, uh, uh, which is a, a really nice reference to a Thanksgiving movie. Hmm, that, that could be a segue. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Oh, so if if you if anyone listening to this is still listening to this after all that nonsense, then you're obviously a fan of the Raised by Rentals program, and therefore you are part of the Raised by Rentals and Red Pantheon extended family, and yeah. therefore you are invited to the cookout. I mean, you are invited to the Thanksgiving turkey deep fry that we're having here for our Thanksgiving dinner special, and welcome everybody. Uh, we are going to 
talk about probably the shortest movie or game or TV show that we've ever talked about uh, on Raised by Rentals, but I hope uh, it'll be something that will devolve into a really nasty conversation about politics and race over too many glasses of wine <laughs> before we fall asleep in front of the football game. What do you think, Mike? <laughs> I didn't expect yeah. you to say that you caught me off guard. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny because it's true. Oh, man. It's not what every Thanksgiving get-together turns into. Oh, man. Pretty much. (laughs) Christine and I are about to drive our whole family out to Florida to hang out with uh, my in-laws for Thanksgiving. So I'm going to be trying really, really hard uh, to not talk about anything that has any sort of significance or importance. (laughs) Keep every conversation super superficial, you know. (laughs) Uh, Josh, I have a very important non-jokey question. Shoot. Does your wife listen to Raised by Rentals? I don't think she ever has. No. <laughs> then let me say I am sorry. <laughs> that sounds fucking horrible. <laughs> You're driving to Florida. Driving to Florida in a camper uh, from yeah from Central Texas from what is jokingly referred to here as the Hill Country. <laughs> I mean, <it> was... <laughs> The flattest uh, terrain I've ever encountered in my life. Uh, yeah, driving to Florida to stay in a camper with my in-laws, who, in their defense, are super sweet, nice, uh, nice people that I get along with well. Uh, but we just don't talk about anything serious because it never ends well. <laughs> That's the best way to do it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, have to, I have to do that at work every day. Yeah, it's gonna be the bills. Republican bullshit. <laughs> It'll mm-hmm. be my brother-in-law showing up hours late, and we'll all be mad about it. And it'll be me hiding in the basement because I just I'm sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I could. They don't build basements in this in this part of the of the U.S. No basements. No basements Texas. in the Alamo. No basements. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> no basements anywhere. Uh, yeah, uh, and to make matters worse, again, you know, my, my father-in-law is a sweet guy, but he's also a minister, which <laughs> makes things a little bit more uh, touchy, you know, to dance around, uh, you know, because, you know, not everyone in my family is like a, you know, a cis white person. So we, things get a little get a little tricky. You know, but Josh, that is a great family dynamic <laughs> that would maybe transition into a slasher film. You know, I think you're probably right. I think uh, the the animosity and rage that can uh, build up <laughs> over uh, a shared plate of like tryptophan and mashed potatoes <laughs> could certainly lead somebody into a, a, a murderous uh, gore spree. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Uh, and you know who else had this good had a similar idea was Eli Roth, but right Eli Roth, yep. uh, who uh, fans of the show would would know from uh, such hits as Cabin Fever uh, and other disgusting horror movies. <laughs> <Hustle>. <laughs> yeah, you know, those things make me uncomfortable. I don't like watching those movies. Yep. Uh, the, but, the one he did that really got me. Sorry to cut you out. Is Knock Knock. If if you haven't watched Knock Knock, like the whole movie, I just felt icky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's got to the point where it's like I have a hard time even watching his movies anymore. Like, because <laughs> even Cabin Fever, which is amazing, there's scenes in it that just still make me make my skin crawl. You know? Yep. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm really really good at that. I like Eli Roth. He's the Bear Jew. Yes, yes, that's, that's like his best role. An awesome, iconic character. Although his role in the movie we're about to talk about, 
his he steals the show in two seconds. Uh, he sure does. <laughs> and to his credit, I really like Hostel Two. See, that's the one I didn't like, which is funny because I love Hostel One, and I actually really enjoyed Hostel Three. Hostel Two, there's a whole sequence in the middle that just like it bothers me to the point where I'm like I have trouble watching it again. I don't like the torture aspects. I like the aspects of turning the tables. Yeah, no, the ending just, was good. The ending just was simply solid. like, how much? Okay, <laughs> like, yep. I'll pay it now. Fuck you guys. And I just always <laughs> thought that was like a very funny downplayed twist. Yeah, that he uh, threw in there. And it's a shame that like he's doing more commercial stuff now. I get that he's got to pay the bills, but yeah. Um, I mean, I I know a lot of people weren't fans of it. I personally loved Green Inferno. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, that was one of my favorites of his. And I still, of course, I love Cabin Fever. That's uh, that's a classic. Pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, yeah. I love the special features on that disc where it's like you have the pancakes kid just <laughs> doing kung fu to uh, electric sixes. I want to take you to a gay bar like he's just like flipping out <laughs> doing this kung fu dance. It's awesome. And then there's the um, what did they call it? Like it was like scaredy cat vision or something where like. Oh, a, yeah, yeah. Every time there was a kill, you just see two shadowy hands come up and cover the screen. <laughs> that was really fun. Yeah, I ended up watching the whole movie that way, and, like, it never got old. You know? it's just, it was funny every time. It was. It was really funny. Yeah, I, I will say, I, I did like Green Inferno. I feel like I I almost felt like I shouldn't have liked Green Inferno. Like, I kept asking myself, like, is it okay to like this movie? Like, is this racist? Like, <laughs> is, is, am I okay to enjoy this? Because right. And, and again, I don't normally go in for like the torture porn stuff, but I, I, that one, it kind of rode that line with Cabin Fever where it was like, yeah, it, it, it didn't it, it wasn't so much porn as the torture, you know, and it was it, yeah. it was a little and it was so over the top that it was I, you know, it, I think it just became comical after a while. But yeah. I, but again, he's just so good at making these movies that just make you like uncomfortable, even some even just to recall them sometimes. Yep. <laughs> But, but we are talking about a particular one. We are. And in fact, of all the films that he's directed, I think this is the one that makes me feel the less, the least uncomfortable. Yet there's still a scene that makes my butthole clench. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Fewer words. Exactly. <laughs> <Everyone> spoken. <laughs> So if if anyone out there listening hasn't figured it out yet, we have in a very roundabout way eventually gotten around to saying that we are going to talk about the Thanksgiving trailer parody, I guess, uh, directed by Eli Roth called Thanksgiving that was part of the Grindhouse theatrical double feature. Uh, and and there was there was other other trailers in Grindhouse that became like full length movies, right? I think Machete's yeah. the only one that did. Yeah, because there was Machete, there was uh, Don't, uh, there Don't, was the yeah. Werewolf Women of the SS by Rob Zombie, which I'm still angry never happened just because <laughs> Nicolas Cage as Fu Manchu was amazing. <laughs> um, but I forget there there was a couple more, I believe. Uh, Mike, do you do you remember if there were any more? Okay, so with Grindhouse, the theatrical release had different trailers. They cut some out for the DVD release that because it was Miramax and now the owner or not Dimension, I'm sorry, with uh, what's his name is in jail now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's all that's missing. But there was definitely a few. Well, um, well, the one the one um, Hobo with a Shotgun was one of the trailers that was mixed into Grindhouse. It was part of the contest. 
Yeah, that yeah. was oh, yeah, okay. leading up okay. to the yeah. Machete mm-hmm. got a movie. That was it, right? Yeah, I yeah, think I that was so. the only one. Because okay. Hobo, Hobo with a shotgun <laughs> got the movie, obviously, you know, but that was that didn't make the final cut for the for the trailer. Okay, sure. But the one that like honestly, I I would have watched all of them because Machete was yeah. fantastic. But Don't by Edgar Wright is is freaking hilarious. I love that trailer. Especially when you get to Nick Frost in the basement covered with poo. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, hey, and he's like doing the weird dance. It's like, oh my God, like this looks hilarious. Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I need to go back and watch Grindhouse again. I, I tend to always watch it in pieces. Like I'll watch the trailers and I'll watch Death Proof and I'll watch um, fucking, what's the other one? Planet Terror, Planet right? Terror, yep. Yeah, I don't know why. I'll never remember the name of that one for some reason. Uh, and I'm, I might be in the minority in that I actually prefer Death Proof over Planet Terror oh, out of the two. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Okay, so I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that because like, I've, I listened to a couple other podcasts that talk about movies and um, for some reason Grindhouse had come up a couple times this year and like 100% of the time, both on the podcast and with with some of my other friends at work, it was like everybody loves Planet Terror and thought that Death Proof just had like the stupid ending and it was like a waste of time and I'm like, awesome. no, are you kidding me? Like Death Proof was so much fun. It really was. Like, see, don't get me wrong. I, I really enjoyed Planet Terror. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. It was a, a fun, like weird zombie throwback. It reminded me of like Night of the Creeps and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Really enjoyed that film. But Death Proof, it's first of all, I love Tarantino's movies and Death Proof had that like almost it's not a horror movie. It reminded me of like when you're watching like an action movie in the 70s and then there's mm-hmm. like that moment of like really effed up horror and you're like, what the hell just happened? Like, that's what that movie reminds me of, where it's like, it's just like hot chicks and a weird like stuntman. And then suddenly murder is happening. And you're like, wait, what happened? It took a hard left turn. I don't understand. And then like where it goes with like uh, the stunt woman and like and her friends and where they like beat the living shit out of stuntman Mike. Like, I don't, I, don't, I loved it. I thought it was so cool. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think it's amazing. But yeah, it definitely has that same sort of like, it's not really a horror movie, like kind of like Death Wish, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of a 70s style thriller that just kind of goes off the rails. But it's just, but like Tarantino and almost anything he does, it's just completely over the top. And that's what yep. I love about it. Yeah, because Kurt Russell is like a cartoon. And I love how uncomfortable he feels in the movie with these other characters who are being played as relatively real, realistic like as realistic as tarantino characters get and mm-hmm. then just to have you know stuntman mike just sitting there being super creepy and gross and yeah i, I love it because it makes you like I, the, I remember the first time I'm watching it like my skin was just sort of like you know crawling i had like the goosebumps of like what is this guy gonna do and like it yep it was very like uh it was very telegraphed like it was obvious what he was gonna do but at the same time like there's gotta be more to it than this because this character is just like you know putting me on edge well plus the idea of like a killer who kills by using a stunt car like not not running people over but like getting himself into a crash with the person in the car with him that's yeah. such a weird concept and come on kurt russell is amazing in everything he does so getting to see him as a bad guy was awesome oh yeah for sure i love him yeah kurt russell definitely needs to play more villainous roles but oh, um yeah. yeah anyway back to the uh the topic at hand <laughs> we've already <laughs> gone down a thousand tangents which is what we do yep. um but so in grindhouse and for anyone who hasn't seen it, what the fuck are you listening to this show for? <laughs> but uh, 
Anyway, we hasn't seen Grindhouse, right? Obviously, you had Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino do like a double feature of horror movies, but it was set up in such a way uh, as this double feature presented to look like an old, like, you know, Grindhouse film. And then, which basically just means that it would, you know, it's a double feature of horror or sci-fi movies shown at like a cheap low rent theater with some, you know, trailers for other like shitty movies and like intermission music. And it was supposed to be like this whole experience, you know, so it's a couple of hours uh, of like going to the drive-in with like, you know, your girlfriend and, you know, eating like bad stale popcorn and watching, you know, terrible like D-list movies. And that's exactly what, you know, the, the experience that a lot of fans of, I hope this show are into <laughs> you know, when yep. they see movies. Um, and the cool thing about Grindhouse was the trailers, right? We mentioned before that there were several trailers that were included as part of the double feature for these sort of fictional movies, something like, you know, Machete was actually made with Danny Trejo. And from the moment I first saw the Grindhouse, which I did see at a drive-thru or drive-in, I think yeah. I say drive-thru every fucking time we, we talk about movies being shown outside on a screen, I say drive-thru like I'm ordering food, but no, <laughs> at a drive-in. I saw it at the drive-in, which was perfect. And from the very first uh, viewing, Thanksgiving was the trailer that I walked away from just like, fuck, man. Like, why isn't that a real movie? <laughs> yep. Well, actually, yeah, it was it was you, me, and Jess. We all saw it mm-hmm. uh, at the transit drive-in. We were just – it was like you were parked in your car and me and Jess were parked in our car and we were just parked next to each other. And I remember we were getting progressively more drunk as the movies went <laughs> Because <laughs> we had snuck beer in. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. And I remember being really pissed that um, – I forget which – I think it might have been – oh, shit, I forget now. I'm, I'm not even going to guess. But during one of the trailers, I was just like, I can't hold it. I have to, like, run to the bathroom and then run back. And I <laughs> I remember that. I definitely did not wash my hands because I was like, I'm not going to miss any more of this shit than I have to. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, like, a six-pack in already. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oh, uh, good times at the drive-in. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we should spend the rest of our Thanksgiving special with Omay, our special guest, at the around the holiday uh, uh, dinner table, and let's talk about what could have happened if Eli Roth and his uh, co-writer Jeff Rendell had actually gone out and made Thanksgiving as a full-length you know, um, holiday parody horror movie, you know, in the vein of a Halloween or a April fool's day or, you know, whatever, when there was this whole trend of these, uh, you know, uh, low budget, uh, holiday themed slasher type movies in the late seventies and into the, I guess about into the mid eighties. So let's talk about what we would do with Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, I think first we should, we should probably discuss the actual, uh, trailer and like what we can glean from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, first of all, we know it takes place in Plymouth, Massachusetts. I can never say that. Um, <laughs> the killer is a pilgrim of some kind, uh, mm-hmm. and definitely has a penchant for beheadings, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yes. and, and has a very interesting relationship with Turkey. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, but like, yeah, so in, in the trailer, we get a couple of kills. We get the parade scene beheading. We get the blowjob scene beheading. Uh, a guy beheaded <laughs> while kissing his girlfriend without her noticing. So the pilgrim is stealthy as fuck. Hell yeah. Um, we get uh, we see someone's decapitated body being cooked as a turkey. And of course, the the scene that we're all waiting for, the horrific trampoline scene, knife in the cooter biscuit. That's just, <laughs> oof, that's horrifying. <laughs> but also amazing. <laughs> <laughs> right. And at the end, we see that he has kidnapped an entire family and has them tied up around the dinner table. So there's some kind of 
you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre crazed family dinner scene at the end of the movie. Um, so j- just see if you guys agree with me here. I would think that like that sequence would definitely be at the end of the film. Yes. Like, that would be like the climax of the movie. I, I feel like the beheading on at, at makeout point, the, the blowjob moment, I feel like that's like the early kill, like before the town knows there's a killer. Because they're kind of on the out on the outskirts of town, like you know, you got your Night of the Creeps type, you know, kill in the car, killer clowns from outer space, like the kills outside of town, like that was a trope of '80s and '70s movies where you'd have the teens doing something stupid and then they get killed, and a few days later the cops are trying to cover it up, you know, to mm-hmm. not make the town panic. Um, so I feel like that was probably like that would be like our opening scene. Of like whatever their names are, Eli and Jane out on makeout point getting a blowjob and then beheading. Yes, um, and you need to have the big fancy splash title on the screen. Yep. Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah. That, oh this, god. Yeah. This, no, the, actually, this, you know, this is what you do. Oh, no. You have makeout point. The two teens, they can make a comment like, you know, they told us not we shouldn't be out here. They're making out. Eli wants to get his salad tossed. <laughs> There's a beheading. And then you can cut to a calendar to let you know what the date is. <laughs> Somebody yeah. acting it out and then Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, I love it. So it would be like, like, a, like a cold opening right out on Lover's Lane. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I noted I noted in the trailer that so that the, the girl in the car here uh you know who's go going down on eli um is uh it's jordan ladd first of all you know who was in death proof also but mm-hmm. uh they, they call her judy and she's one of the few people in the trailer who gets a name uh, but then also judy shows up later uh with uh i think it's the same character because there's a scene later on with a guy named bobby who she's like oh it was horrible and he's like don't worry baby bobby's here and then they had this really like sloppy make out before bobby is very stealthily beheaded <laughs> while making out with i Judy. love the sounds of them making out because it's so <laughs> yeah. over the top yep it's very <laughs> it sounds like this it was the same sound as like the grandma who was like stuffing the turkey you know <laughs> well, one thing i want to say that the the scene at makeout point like before she finds out that he's beheaded like you see her hand going up and right as she realizes he's beheaded you hear a gulping sound like Ugh. something was finished and i'm like oh god <laughs> so gross yeah <laughs> but i i think like what this does for us though like from a storytelling like perspective is it, first of all it's a, it's an amazing like cold open and it totally sets the tone for the rest of the film that it's going to be completely like lewd and lurid and over the top and gross oh, yeah. you know like it's like almost trauma level just like we're gonna go there you know <laughs> yeah but it also gives us Judy as like a point of view character for at least a little while, right? We can yeah. use Judy as, as the character they and and Jordan Ladd being one of the only actors in the trailer that you know people might know, you know, from something else. We've got Eli Roth and Michael Bean who shows up later on as the sheriff, but most of this were these were you know these were you know no nothing you know background faces that played these characters so uh taking you know the i guess the star in the in the trailer and making judy the the main character i think makes sense at least for a little while although i don't know that 
but she's not at the Thanksgiving dinner table at the end, so she can't make it that far. And I am a big fan of like red herring main characters that just get killed in the first act when you think that they're going to make it. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. No, well, I love that. Before we get into this, I think we need to establish a few things because slasher films are very formulaic. And mm-hmm. it's a it's a very easy ad lib of insert this character, this happens. But there's essentially two types of slasher films, the whodunit and then like the franchise style where it's abundantly clear who the killer is. Mm-hmm. But then you just establish yep. the cannon fodder, you establish the kills, you get from point A to point B, the movie's over. Yeah. And it's also that's why we love these so much, because they're comfort food. Oh, yeah. And we know exactly what we're getting. We know where the pepperoni is on the pizza. <laughs> and, you know, part of the analogy, like we know. But, you know, we can also play with that in a fun way and subvert expectations. Right. Um, and. As we get, I mean, like we need to pick from the trailer. What do you want to keep? Do you want nothing but beheadings? Do you want the trampoline scene in there? Oh, of course. Obviously, you want the ending because that's awesome. Um. So, do you guys want to establish the killer? Do you want it to be a whodunit? Or do you want this to be Jebediah Smith? <laughs> I think it should be, because the, the way the trailer uh, presents it is we know the killer is the pilgrim, but we don't know who the pilgrim is. He's got the, the yeah. hat tucked down over his face. You know, I like the idea of maybe the pilgrim is someone in town. You know, maybe he's just some crazy guy who wandered into town who really hates Thanksgiving for some reason. <laughs> you know, I, I like that question. And again, I, I have a soft spot for whodunits. Those are my favorite type of slasher because it mm-hmm. keeps you guessing throughout. Um, and yeah. I, think, I think we do keep everything from the trailer. So I think as as Josh was saying, like, yeah, we have uh, what the hell was her name? Uh, was it Janet? Judy. Said? Judy. Judy uh, so yeah. we have so we have Judy. Like, maybe she's our POV character for the uh for like the first section of the film as we're establishing the kills are happening the cops are trying to find out who the killer is and then yeah maybe we knock her off and and like lead into like the family coming into town for thanksgiving and we start following them and they know nothing about the kills and Mm -hmm. you know then it 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 ends very badly for that family um (laughs) But I, I think just just to throw these out there, a couple ideas is, is because we already do have a lot of beheadings. Um, just a few other Thanksgiving style kills that should be somewhere in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone should get stuffed in some way or form, <laughs> whether it be food being stuffed down their gullet, some implement being stuffed into their stomach, but have a stuffing kill. Um, a turkey timer and a turkey baster should be used as gouging implements at some point. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. And to just, uh, you know, to even the playing field, we we got the knife and the cooter biscuit. Uh, there should be a potato masher to the balls. Just saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the only kill I could come up with where I thought it was creative that I haven't seen yet is a sharp, empty can punching into somebody and pulling out a full red cylinder (laughs) (laughs) and have it be cranberry sauce. Yes. Oh, dude. Okay, so there we go. So somebody gets a a sharp, empty can to the stomach and just pull it out, and it's, like, filled with... Maybe it's during the dinner sequence where they've already eaten some cranberry sauce. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And he pulls it back out. (laughs) I feel like 
<laughs> Jebediah Smith until we come up with a better name, please. Yeah. Um, Jebediah is pretty funny. You have to have a name. These killers have to have names. It's the 80s. And they can't be like, I'm stab face. <laughs> like you guys said in Slasher Camp, it's got to be like Kevin. Yeah. Yep. Sounds, yeah. <laughs> but Well, he's clearly like the pilgrim, but he's the pilgrim in the way that like Michael Myers is the shape. It's like, yeah, yeah are we going to call him that? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. He's got to have some kind of a name that's going to be memorable. But I, I, I'll agree, you know, not to cut you off on me, but like I think we definitely do like a whodunit. And I think we need to establish at least some level of like mystery of like, well, is it one of the people in the movie or is it some other guy? Like, I don't think we doesn't we don't have to like make a we don't have to write like an Agatha Christie level mystery here. We just need to make it so that the payoff of who the pilgrim is makes at least a little bit of sense, right? It can't be a total uh, like 180, like bait and switch bullshit. Cause even in the eighties, people would have called nonsense on that. Right. So it's gotta be somebody. It's and my I, twin sister that I thought was dead. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday right. to me. Bullshit. Yeah. Um, no, I, well, I, I'm a big fan of, and I haven't seen this done in very many movies and I wish it would happen more often, but I'm a really big fan of like, you just have some random no name actor who's basically an extra who's just in like the background of all the scenes so that like later on when they reveal who he is, you can explain it. And then people who can watch the movie over again can be like, oh shit, look, he's in the background right there. Like bagging groceries. Oh fuck. He's over there, you know, in the bakery, picking out a pie or whatever. Like he's it's just like some random dude. I don't necessarily know that we need to come up with some whole big story about how he was like, you know, slighted by, you know, the Thanksgiving as a child. And I always come back to ruin it for everyone. Like we don't, we don't we like, yeah, sure. He can say that, but like, we don't need to have that be the movie. I just want the movie to be a bunch of mysterious kills by some, I know it's you did last summer kind of, you know, bullshit guy and who we explain along the way, but then, yeah, we kind of put him in the background of stuff. His, his, his mom, left his dad and him as a small child for the man who played Tom the Turkey in the the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just saying. All right. Much yeah, much like Saw, you have to watch it again. Yeah. And be like, there he is. So yep. how how is this for the the setup, the the TV guide description? <laughs> Do you guys want a family comes and visits or do you want college kids home on Thanksgiving break? I think family, just cause we see in the, in the dinner sequence, there's like kids of all ages. There's like, mm-hmm. there's little kids. There's like, uh, it, it looks like a couple of like a, a couple of couples. So there's like mm-hmm. the, the adults. And then there's like the two who came home. They're like, hi grandma. Like they look mm-hmm. like they're kind of like young twenties. Like maybe they're the college kids type of thing. Yeah. Um, so I think just like an extended family all coming home for Thanksgiving. Um, and one one little comment I have to make is I do find it hilarious that the killer has no fucks given with kids being around because he, yeah. behead, he beheads that turkey in front of a bunch of little marching girls at that parade. Yeah. Well, then, and then and then later on at the dinner table, there's like little grandson, little granddaughter there. And he starts like he like fucks that like part of the turkey or the maybe it's just the head. I couldn't quite see. Like, but like. <laughs> He was on their side of the table, like right in front of them. Yep. You know? Fucking the turkey. 
So to answer your question real quick, I got to say two real quick things, Mome, and then I'll let you go is number one, there is a description out on the internet of like what Eli Roth and uh, this Jeff guy like had wanted to do. I read it a while ago. I tried to put it out of my head. I'm sure there's people listening to this going, well, you know, guys, they had an idea and they already had a plan. Like, fuck that. I don't care. I don't care what their plan was. Like we're, t- we're just basing this entirely on the trailer alone. And number two, yeah. There, so there's two like groups of characters or types of characters that are killed in a trailer there's several high school students we see you know they're wearing like letterman's jackets or whatever and there's like a cheerleader obviously so i feel like they're that's where the kills begin and then like school lets out for like thanksgiving weekend and then we move into like the rest of the family so i'm just going to throw this out and say this should be judy's family because judy is the connection she was in the car with eli and then later we see her with bobby who's also like a football player or whatever he gets beheaded and then we see the the cheerleader trampoline scene there's an unnamed boyfriend character uh the actor's name is peter so we'll call him peter all right the peter gets killed before the uh uh, you know, the, the cooter, the knife to the cooter scene. So I say Judy and Peter are like siblings, right? Peter gets it. Judy gets away. And then we're going to kind of follow Judy to like the rest of her family. We'll meet the rest of them kind of through her until she's off, you know, off the table. Agreed. Okay, here we go. Orny college kids, Thanksgiving break. They have been warned the longstanding tradition to stay puritanical because of Plymouth, Massachusetts, longstanding tradition of if you're not, the pilgrim is going to come and get you. Okay. We can okay. learn yeah. through the Ahab character, who I suggest <laughs> would be a Native American. Whatever the Scooby-Doo gang you get, <laughs> who tries to solve the mystery at some point just for kind of plot development, which you always have in these slasher films, comes and meets Chief Little Feather. Who tells them that when the pilgrims arrived in America, there was a fourth boat or a pilgrim on this boat who got off and enforced much like um, a witchfinder general, enforced strict puritanical rules via extreme violence on the Native Americans who just wanted to smoke weed and fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And... Legend has it that the pilgrim, Jebediah Smith, the Quaker Oats man, whatever, (laughs) comes out every Thanksgiving and mows down (laughs) anybody who isn't staying right, white, and Christian. (laughs) And, you know, if you want to throw in there joke characters like the black guy who just nopes the fuck out of there and lives. (laughs) Yep. 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 Which... (laughs) There's a joke about these types of characters in movies, but they never actually happen. Mm-hmm. So I really think that would be great if there was like the friend. You always have the token black friend who at some point is just like, fuck y'all, I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Nope. And that's it. They, they survive. They're just yeah. like they have the common sense to be like, no, I'm not having sex and doing drugs. I'm going home. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Stu Charno mm-hmm. from Friday 13th Part 2. who's just like, no, I'm staying at the bar. Yep. Go die. Yep. Um, you guys have fun <laughs> and I also think it would be a, a fun thing to subvert expectations by having the slut who should be by all intents and purposes chopped to pieces in the first act of the film just make it all the way to the end to drive the pilgrim insane and go on a killing spree because he can't get his hands on her and she won't stop fucking anything that moves 
<laughs> well, I think that that's kind of the Judy character because we were introduced yeah. to her by like, you know, going down on Eli and then her boyfriend was murdered and immediately she's over there making out with some other jock. So. Yeah. Okay. 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 So here's what we do, right? We, we can kind of put all the, all this together, like you said. So yeah, it's these, you know, it's horny high school students. Right. And they aren't, they aren't hating the, you know, the warning of like, you know, grandma who was like, Oh, you, you know, be careful. Like, you know, uh, you know, don't, uh, don't go fooling around or the pilgrim will get you. And of course, what do they do? Like Peter takes his, you know, cheerleader girlfriend, they go break into the high school after hours to like, you know, go do it on the trampoline in the gym and then Judy goes off with her boyfriend over to, you know, Lover's Lane. So, you know, they both just immediately go, okay, Grandma, we'll be we'll be good. And then just, you know, immediately <laughs> it's just debauchery. So, of course, you know, the Pilgrim's going to come and get him because, you know, old wise Grandma knows. But, yeah, exactly. So we see those couple of death scenes we talked about where Eli gets beheaded in the car and then Bobby gets beheaded in the woods and then Judy's off. And, they'll, you know, maybe Judy, you know, she goes back into town and she gets the sheriff, right? So then we get Michael Bean, the sheriff, involved. We have Judy maybe look like she gets killed. So that we can take her off, we can kind of take her off the table for a little while, no pun intended. <laughs> and then we let Michael Bean take over as the main character for like the second act, right? He's investigating the kills and he and he's the one who's like, you know, it's like a it's a direct line on the map, right? To like grandma's house, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's over the river and through the woods, straight to grandma's house. <laughs> I think it would also be hilarious, you know, to have him run around and trying to stop all the kids in town from doing drugs and fucking. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Hilariously, the kids can't help themselves, and he just has to stop every five minutes in the movie and, like, open a closet up and be like, will you stop? (laughs) Keep it in your pants! Keep it in your pants! There's got to be at least one scene where he opens, yeah, he opens up like a, you know, he goes into like the diner or whatever and goes into the, the kitchen and like there's the, you know, the teenage like uh, short order cook is in there like, you know, just uh, doggy him, his girlfriend. And, he, and the dude, the teenager's like, he's like, I tried, man, I can't stop. I can't stop. <laughs> yeah. It's like the whole town is like addicted, right? They're, they've, they're all a whole town of like teenage infos. But um, <laughs> and, and we have to add, we saw it in the trailer, we have to add this where like they have like a big party, right? So of course, you know, Michael Bean goes to the party and he's just like, like Jesus Christ, this is this is gonna be a bloodbath, right? <laughs> but um, jump ahead a little bit, right? So to after the dinner scene, which is like our big, you know, like climactic or a big action moment, we have we have to have Judy. Like I'm just gonna spoil the ending because I think Judy needs to be the hero. Like turns out, oh, she's not dead. She jumps out of like the hallway, all bloodied and cut up, but not you know not dead from when the pilgrim tried to get her earlier. You know she starts fighting him and then you know runs off again. But yeah, and then, and then that this is a perfect Mike because she starts using the weapon. Like she realizes what's going on, and then like by the time the pilgrim catches up with her, you know like she's like jumped into some random stranger's car and like you know jumped on his junk, and she's like, yeah, what are you gonna do now, huh? What are you going to do now, huh? Can't stop me. <laughs> All right. Jokes aside, this could be the movie that finally makes the statement in slasher films in that I'm female. I want to be sexually active. Fuck you. Right. Yeah. yeah. There is nothing wrong with it. You're not going to kill me because of it. Right. Now, hold on a second. I have to eat this guy's asshole. <laughs> Cause like, I, cause I'm empowered. We should have <laughs> funny juxtapositions of Judy, like in the opening scene where her boyfriend gets decapitated, you know, we could have the two couples where the first couple's like, let's go all the way. Let's go to third base. Can I touch her boob? Right. But then you cut to Judy. Who's like, hold on, let me put the nurse's outfit on and <laughs> <laughs> eat your asshole. Yeah. Like, yeah, that would be like so insane. The shit that she's doing compared to everybody else. 
with no explanation. Yeah, so there has to be some story that Grandma tells, like I mentioned at the beginning, where she's like telling the the, the legend of like, you know, don't, uh, you know, don't uh, go have premarital sex or like the pilgrim will get you. But it could be this whole thing where she talks about like, you know, years ago, like a curse fell upon Plymouth. You were like, all the teenagers are just boning left and right or whatever, you know, like she she's explaining <laughs> how like this, this, uh, this like nympho like uh, trend like took over the town and all the old folks just couldn't stand it, you know, and whatever. And now it's like, you know, all, all this, it, it, got, it went too far until like one day one year it was like you know the year there was no thanksgiving or whatever you know and all the teenagers got killed and now the parents have to protect them very similar to like nightmare on elm street part six where it's like suddenly all the parents in town have to be real careful like because oh freddie's gonna get you Mm -hmm. how about this the pilgrim jebediah smith gets off the nina pinta santa maria whatever gets off the boat (laughs) and starts killing native americans because they're free-loving hippie people (laughs) so native american medicine man curses the town of plymouth rock to forever make the teenagers of plymouth rock horny (laughs) yes so the pilgrim is forever doomed to constantly kill the next generation and generation and generation of plymouth rock for all time because he can't help himself and that is the medicine man the manitos revenge yeah and there you have the never-ending cycle and sequels you can't stop because the teenagers don't stop and you have poor michael beans just like why why do do we have to be mayflower material No, no, that's not, I think that's oh. amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, he's Jeb, and, and the name perfect, calling him like you know Jebediah Smith is perfect for like a pilgrim on the Mayflower, right? Right. You know, get, getting off, landing in Plymouth Rock, and you know, and uh, the the Powhatans or whatever were there, just you know, living their good life, and then all these like you know these uh, Christian fundamentalists who like left Europe because you know they uh, people kept trying to tell them to chill the fuck out, so they go somewhere <laughs> else to like uh, you know ex- exercise yeah. their their brutal regime of like religious control so they come to america and most of them die and then the rest of them try to uh you know impose their puritanical uh beliefs on like the natives and the natives are like okay we might all be dead but you know y'all gonna be horny forever (laughs) (laughs) i love it so now we know who the pilgrim is and and yeah and he's kind of just like a faceless dude like we don't care who Jebediah Smith is we don't need we don't need the the third sequel in the series to give us like the backstory period piece of like the Mayflower journey and how he became you know like a religious nutcase we don't need to get there <laughs> we don't Although, need Thanksgiving origins I was gonna say to be fair the, the third movie usually is a prequel of some kind I know or, right? or has some form of origin backstory you that's guys- you guys kind are of a... so nearsighted. <laughs> the third movie is when Jebediah Smith goes to camp. <laughs> well, he'll go to Slasher Camp later. <laughs> yeah, because you need a Thanksgiving special. Of course. Just but, saying. But no, I mean, re- realistically, look at look at Slasher movies on the whole. Now, I mean, obviously Halloween kind of throws that out the window. But Nightmare on Elm Street 3... We get Freddy's origin story. We find out about his backstory, find out about why he is the way he is. For, uh, for, uh, Friday the 13th, part three, you know, they talk about like Jason running around in the woods like he's been alive this whole time. Plus, he gets the hockey mask. Not saying that's origin, but that's a major 
you know, major piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Hellraiser three, we find out all about Pinhead when he was human. Like this, this is a trend of eighties horror of being like the third movie gives us backstory or origin. <laughs> so just saying, so Thanksgiving origins would be part three. <laughs> no, no, but Thanksgiving Genesis. Yes, Genesis, Genesis with a Y. <laughs> For no reason. And then, of course, part four would either be Revolutions, Retribution, Resurrection, one of the R name titles that we've discussed on this show. Yeah, exactly right. Oh, God. And then we do, and then there's got to be like a reboot at some point or a remake where it's like, you know, uh, Thanksgiving Leftovers. <laughs> oh, yes, 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 yes. You also have to have one of the titles where you can put the number of the the entry in the franchise in the spelling of the word. So, like, <laughs> Thanksgiving, but they somehow work a six into it for no particular reason. Yeah. yeah. You also need 3D, and it has to be in space at some point. <laughs> the new Mayflower. Oh, God. <laughs> all right all right all right we, we're off the rails yeah no, i i love this but we can't turn every episode into like a new series we have to like follow up on like <laughs> new franchise we, we don't we're not even probably oh. movies we're probably franchises now i know right <laughs> okay shit. so so now all right, we have judy the nymphomaniac who's just sick of being pigeonholed into being good you have her family you have the sheriff. We have the cast of Cannon Fodder. Yep. You have maybe the Ahab or the librarian or somebody who, grandma, who is there to kind of give a little bit of exposition. And you have Judy and her family at the end who mm-hmm. are going to get tied up by the pilgrim. Do we even need to know who the pilgrim is? Is there going to be a reveal where a mask comes off and there is a fucked up face or it's like, Wait a second, it was the librarian the whole time? <laughs> it was old Mr. Witherby. Yeah, I, I think so. I think uh, I think kind of the point of the th- this dinner scene, other than just to be, like, shocking with, like, the human turkey and, like, you know, fucking the severed head, uh, is for, yeah, Jedediah Smith to, like, unmask himself. And he's like, ha-ha. And then, like, no one at the table, like, knows who he is. They're all just like... Uh, <laughs> Are we supposed to, are we supposed to know who you are? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but yeah. then, yeah, then he, then he goes on this, like, you know, this crazed mad eyed, like backstory of explaining who he is. And we get like most of the way through it just to the point where like, yeah, okay, we get, we get you, we get to point, you know what I mean? We, we, we can follow along and we, then we have to have like Michael Bean, like bang in the door and like, you know, try to shoot him. And, but, and then Michael Bean, who has been like our main character through like the second act. Now we're into the third act. Michael Bean jumps right in, you know, he tries to shoot him and then, you know, the, the pilgrim just like, picks up like a butcher knife and throws it at him like right between the eyes like boom michael beans down and you're like oh shit because at this point we think judy's dead right now the sheriff is dead and everyone at the family the whole family just starts like the two little kids just start crying the one dude who threw up he just throws up again you know and grandma's the only one she's just shaking her head like i told you kids (laughs) (laughs) if you all just stop fucking no, I, I think like when, when Michael Bean comes in and you know and the pilgrim kills him, I think this would be like the perfect time for Judy or whoever our uh, our mm-hmm. final girl is going to be to pick up the turkey baster and stab the pilgrim in the eye. Because of yes. course the the killer has to sustain uh, sustain some to- type of facial injury by the end of the movie. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think we we do like a we do like a like a like a fake out with Michael Bean as the sheriff. He busts in with his with his uh his like six shooter you know drawn, but then the pilgrim's waiting for him and just has that butcher knife just bam perfect aim ripped in the eyes. Sheriff goes down, the whole family freaks out, and then of course the pilgrim tries to go back to his speech, but then Judy busts in like ah bitch I'm not dead. Yeah. And so, <laughs> And she, yeah, I, I think it's perfect. Yeah, she puts the the turkey baster right in his eye, but it would be so gross if she like pulled it out with that like, that's like sucking noise, you know? Oh, like, yeah. You know this? <laughs> and like his eyeball just dribbles down his face, <laughs> like ah. You have a turkey baster full of hot turkey juice. Oh. Stabs him in the oh. eye and squeezes it, and it shoots out of his nose and his mouth. Oh god, yeah. And it just flushes his insides out of his head. <laughs> And That's of course, there, there has to be some kind of line like, I want some head or something like that. <laughs> and then oh. she stabs him in the head. Oh, be perfect, right? Should have gone for the head. <laughs> <laughs> Pull that Thanos line, right? Yeah, and then yeah, and then she like frees the family real quick, right? They all like they all take off different directions. They all go running. So there's gotta be like one guy who's just a, like a pussy who just like you know curls up in a fetal position, and the pilgrim just like you know after he's done grabbing at his own face, screaming in pain, then he just like just stabs this other dude who's curled up on the ground just over and over and over and over <laughs> again just out of like rage and it's just like it's just gonna go on for way too long <laughs> just uncomfortably long exactly but it gives the rest of the family a chance to like get away because frankly we don't care about the rest of them all we care about now is the, and all the pilgrim cares about at this point i mean we've jumped all the way to the end which i think is great but like yeah the pilgrim's gonna go after judy and like i said like he's gonna find her like some car that's like rocking back and forth and <laughs> You know, the, the, the window's all steamed up, and she's in there just you know, exercising, you know, her rights, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> what you gonna do, bitch? What you gonna do? <laughs> oh, shit. What oh, if the Puritan, so puritanical and crazy, what if Judy tries to fuck him? <laughs> and it oh, makes him, dude. like, he does not know how to react. That's, she, like, that's his weak, that's his kryptonite. Yes. Wraps her arms around him is like, come here, kiss me. And he's like, I don't, oh, oh. and he just has a complete meltdown of like, you have <laughs> you that breakdown of that sexual frustration that's never fulfilled. Yeah. And well, it, makes well, it, it, is, it is this time because it, it, it gets fulfilled right in his underwear. Yeah. I was just going to say, he jizzes in his pants and that's his kryptonite. It makes yeah. him crazy. Yeah. He yeah. just has a complete meltdown and then she stabs him in the eye with the turkey baster. <laughs> Which could also be a double metaphor of like, yeah. you know, I'm getting you pregnant. Uh, and just <laughs> and squeezes all the gross turkey shit. <laughs> oh, my oh man. God. Well, this would be great too. We get yeah. We, so earlier on, when she jumps into the dinner scene, have him have her stick that like the like the timer thing in like one of his eyes, and then later on, she sticks the baster in the, in the other eye, and now he's like you know the blinded pilgrim, and it would just again just be so over the top and silly that it's like the two turkey instruments you know implements that uh, that took his eyeballs out because of course in the sequel he just miraculously is back and he's totally fine like nothing ever oh, happened. Of course. Like, of course. Or it's just we have like the progression of the damage. Yeah. Which again is inexplicable. Well, it's it's like both Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees, like they lose their eyes and just they're fine. <laughs> like yeah. they can see again. But no, um, the, the whole uh, the whole turkey timer thing, like it's perfect that it would happen at the dinner sequence because we see the the human turkey uh, with the turkey timer in its asshole. <laughs> like she could literally yank it out and stab oh, yeah. it in the eye with it. Who in the family did he kill? So, okay, so 
at, so I wrote this down, right? So at this point, um, all the deaths in the in the movie, I think, are accounted for, right? So he, we didn't really talk about the parade, which I think is, you know, it kind of speaks for itself. At some point in the middle of the movie, while Sheriff Michael Bean is trying to track him down, like he just shows up in the middle of the day at the parade and like beheads the uh, the guy in the turkey suit, who it's got to be one of the cousins, you know what I mean? Or like right. another, another sibling. Right. So he takes care of them. We already took care. We already said that this guy, Peter, who was the, uh, the trampoline cheerleaders boyfriend, right. That was like Judy's brother. So that's two members of the family dead. That That's all we've seen as far as we know for sure. It's those, those two people. Now there's the human Turkey who the actor's name was Daniel. So he's Daniel, but we didn't see him elsewhere in the trailer. So that's a third, like another cousin. That's three people from the family. But then there are, um, around the table, there's the cousin who comes in at the door. There's like his wife. There's another lady that we never really see. Who, I just called her the aunt. There's grandma, there's grandpa. And then there's uh, the little kid and the, the, the little boy and the little girl. So there's like seven people at the dinner table and they're, we in the trailer we just assume that they're going to die but really at this point the pilgrim that we know of has only actually killed three members of the family and then like two other random people mm. but we can have we can introduce some additional scenes if we wanted to have more cool kills we talked about like with the mashed potato you know <laughs> uh, masher to the oh, balls yeah. like someone's gotta some, get that yeah there's gotta be a scene where there's like somebody who's driving back to grandma's house like some cousin some like uncle who's like arguing with his wife about oh god now we got to go back you know here or the 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 wife or someone they're arguing like we got why we always gotta go to your family's house for thanksgiving we can't go to my family's house for once and they're just bickering and arguing and then like the car breaks down and then there's like some you know crazed nutcase standing in the middle of the street you know who comes out with a a mashed potato (laughs) masher you know like (laughs) what if the pilgrim is almost like Amish in a way. So he's on the side of the road and his wagon has a broken wheel (laughs) and they pull over to help him. Yeah. But it's a trap and they get the mashed potato masher to the nuts. Yes. Well, because there's always got to be the couple who's like on their way and they never get there. They never show up. Oh. You know, that, that's the, every slasher movie. It's like that's how you introduce more kills because you have people like they don't even have to be filmed on the same set. You just, you just put them in a car on a dark road and it's like, boom, you pick up an extra kill like it's nothing. Yep. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Yeah. So so the husband gets a potato masher. How would the wife die? How would we kill her? Mm, we haven't done anything with like pumpkin pie yet we, i don't know i don't even know how that would work but we got to do something with like dessert <laughs> okay you know? I, I i got it i got it so he <laughs> okay so he freaking he's mashing the husband's junk with the masher she runs off screaming maybe he does the thing like we see him use an axe several times so we have to have him like hamstring her somehow mm-hmm. and then take like a huge like prize-winning pumpkin out the back of the wagon and nice. smash it on her head <laughs> like crushing her dome Oh, yeah. So this is what it is. Yeah. So like they're driving down the street arguing. They see the guy pulled over. Maybe the husband's like, you know, fuck that. I'm not pulling over for this weirdo. Who cares? And the wife's like, you gotta, you gotta, Tony, you know, whatever. So they pull over. <laughs> so she gets out to help. She's the good Samaritan. He comes out of, comes out of the, the, the buggy with, yeah, with like a hatchet, right? He hamstrings her on the ground. So she just falls screaming. Dude gets out of the car. Like, what the fuck you do to my wife? And then just gets, you know, he gets uh, testicle mashed, right? <laughs> and, and then while that's happening again, it's just like over and over just coming comically just and you hear that squishing you know like <laughs> like it's getting wetter and wetter every time you know it's just like oh like like the foley artists are like okay we'll just get like half a watermelon and just start smashing on it with like right. you know like a tenderizer hammer you know <laughs> 
And then, and then we see like oh, the, the wife is like she's trying to like army crawl down the street to get away like while you know she can't stand up yeah and then yeah he just very slowly like the pilgrim like he takes his jacket off like rolls his sleeves up gets the big prize winning pumpkin and just <laughs> smash cut to black <laughs> <laughs> oh my god having someone's head squished with a pumpkin that i don't know that's hilarious to me <laughs> yeah it's perfect uh, it's so- perfect we need to talk about the parade. Okay. And the potential for several fun kills, but also why this was inserted into the movie. Eli Roth is a student of Lloyd Kaufman, or he like deeply respects him. Mm-hmm. If you ever read the make your own damn movie book mm-hmm. from Lloyd Kaufman, he likes to mention that indie filmmakers back in the day would find some sort of public celebration like uh, parade and insert mm-hmm. shots in it. It makes the movie look more expensive than it actually is. Eli yeah. Roth is riffing on that with the parade scene. Oh, yeah. 100%. Cool. And like I said, you know, we definitely got to have the guy who's in the turkey costume, you know, who's like one of the cousins or another brother or somebody, right? So obviously the pilgrim is going there to get him. Um, I think the one thing that we need to address especially since we at this point we would already have sheriff sheriff michael bean um who you know is already involved as our pov character at this point is the whole town is obviously going to panic and as they do in the trailer and it's like well how does that tie into there's a killer on the loose if the whole town is on the panic because they just saw him kill somebody in the middle of the street in front of everybody right Right. how about the town is they're fucking idiots clearly (laughs) <laughs> and they have the pilgrim parade where everybody's dressed up like a pilgrim or a turkey or a Native American that they're killing. I think as far as like the, you know, the keeping the mystery. Yeah. I mean, we have the Thanksgiving Day parade and we have a bunch of pilgrims and and like Native Americans and stuff kind of marching along in the parade. And then one of the pilgrims steps out of line, decapitates the turkey and runs away in the ensuing chaos. But I think that as far as like the keeping the killer under wraps thing that Michael Bean should be trying his best to investigate the murders and keep it under wraps until that happens. And everybody in the town fucking sees it. And this is when chaos can happen. We can have people trying to leave the town. Like everyone's flipping out to have it be on Thanksgiving day, like have it be like earlier in the afternoon. And meanwhile, you got little old grandma not watching the parade, just off in her little house, you know, on, on, you know, Mayflower drive or whatever, uh, you know, she's preparing Thanksgiving dinner with her family. And then that's when the pilgrim like closes in on them, you know? So I think we shift gears from the town to the dinner party, you know, after he just erupts the town in chaos. What if Michael Bean's motivation for catching this killer is his wife is really pissed off that they can never have a normal Thanksgiving. And she's like, just yeah. this once, can you be home for Thanksgiving and not having to deal with dead teenagers? Kind of, like, kind of like a nag. And he's like, okay, okay, fine. Oh, yeah. No, that'd be amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I think it's great. I, I think I think you kind of solved it too, Alvarez, and by saying that, like, yeah, we have the town panicking. 
But at this point, it's too late. Like the pilgrim yeah. has already—he's already got everybody. Uh, like everyone's on their way to the house, grandma's house. He's already got his whole like scheme all set up. Like all of his gear is in place. You know, the ropes are on scene. The knives are sharpened. Like he's so it, like at this point, it's it's too late in the game to stop anything. So the parade was him just going like, "What are you gonna do?" You know, like it, right. You can't, you can't. So he was he was just kind of showing off. Um, well, and but it, it kind of distracts the cops because if the whole yeah. town is panicking, now he can go do what he wants to do because yeah. they're going to be distracted by having everyone lose their damn mind. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, and, and what's interesting, too, is I, re- I just now realized that grandma in the trailer is the first victim who dies when we see the POV shot of the killer, like sneaking behind her in the house while she's preparing the Turkey. But then later on, she's at the dinner table and I just looked and sure enough, it's the same person with the same yep. like sweater on. So I think it would, it'd be really cool is if we do this entire story, just like we just said, right. We take, and we take the pilgrim down with like, you know, the power of, you know, uh, uh, uh of an empowered woman having all the premarital sex she wants to have. God damn it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and his, uh, you know, his puritanical, like, you know, weakness and, like, you know, he's a, he's afraid to, to give in to his desires. So that takes him down, right? Judy wins the day. She's the final girl. And then we cut to like the credits or whatever. We cut. At some point there's got to be a scene where it's just like, you know, one year later. And then we do this entire uh, bit uh, from the trailer, the opening sequence, like shot for shot, just right in the, the, the killer sneaks into the house, sneaks up behind grandma, kills her. The screen goes red Thanksgiving. And that's the end of the movie. So we've already set up like, holy shit, somebody's still out there, you know, killing the next Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like grandma survives until next year. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. Okay. I like the, it. the opening to the sequel. At the yeah. other credits. Or you could just have a, a really funny gag of Judy at the doctor's and he's like or she's like, Judy, you have fifteen STDs. <laughs> right, exactly. You have chlamydia. <laughs> you know, or oh. we could play we could play even play it off like the scene from the trailer where you know somebody sneaks in behind grandma. It could be a joke. Like they sneak in behind grandma, pick up the knife, grandma turns around, screams, and she's like, Oh Billy, you scared me, little bastard. Like here, get that knife and come over here and cut this ham. You know, whatever. I, like <laughs> I think that's what we do is we have so for that sequence, like we have the, the pilgrim has set the town in into chaos. He's off to do his own thing. The family is all arriving at grandma's house and we can have like the first person arrive at grandma's house. Like we see the POV shot. They come in, they pick up the knife, they scare the shit out of grandma. She turned like we turn the camera around and we see that it's like, you know, cousin Oliver or whatever, you know, and she's like, yeah. oh, you <laughs> scamp, you know, you're always pulling pranks on me. And he laughs and then. She's like, go cut the, you know, go cut the carrots or whatever. And she yeah. puts him to work in the kitchen. And then no. so because by this point, we've seen enough kills that we think, oh, shit, grandma's going to die. And then we get the fake out. But then when we get the real kill, like maybe he goes to cut the carrots. And then we, we turn the camera around and have the pilgrim standing there with an axe. And he just yeah. hatchets <laughs> the dude and then ties up grandma, you know, so then we get the whole dinner sequence. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, no, okay. No, this is this is great. Yeah, this is just some new character that we're going to introduce who isn't really in the trailer, right? Yeah. So the guy who comes in who scares grandma, and then she's like, "Yeah, go cut the carrots." And we, and we see that he has this big pile of carrots with like you know an oversized like chef's knife, and it's like it's obvious that he doesn't know really know how to cut vegetables very well because he's cutting them so like roughly that like as the audience you're watching him going, "Oh fuck, he's about to lose some fingers," you know, like <laughs> which. 
Which, if you've watched like cooking videos on TikTok, man, whoo shit! Ooh. Like, yep. I, I get the willies all the time, thinking people are gonna lose some fingernails, right? So he's chop, 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 and then yeah, and then you see this axe just come down and actually just chop right through his fingers, and he <laughs> looks up, <laughs> and it's the pilgrim, you know, it's like happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> and then, <laughs> oh, I love it! I love yeah. it. <laughs> Oh shit. Yeah. Well, plus it's the double fake out, which I'm, I'm always yeah. a fan of. Like when you get the, the jump scare fake out followed by the jump scare, real kill. Like, yeah. So that's, oh, yeah. that's always it. fun. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And, and what's cool is that because the trailer leaves so much open, you basically have this, this beginning sequence with like the high school students. It's like the night before. Right. And then you have the sheriff and the parade. So it's like the day of Thanksgiving. And then you have this dinner scene at the end. But like, as we've already demonstrated, like we could put as many kills in there as we want to like a couple of minutes here and there, like ain't going to make shit because it's a pretty simple, straightforward slasher film. So it's just a matter of like, what can we get past the, um, the MP MPAA? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and in this, in this fantasy football scenario, like, we're just allowed to do whatever we want because, you know, we have we have a lot of weird sexual crazy shit that would not have flown in the 80s. Well, this would be the now newly discovered uncut version on like Blu-ray from <laughs> Shout Factory. So everybody would know the 65 minute cut to pieces shit version. And this <laughs> right? is the much better cult classic traded and like trape trading pages for years that like you got to watch the uncut Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, oh, it'll be it'll be labeled as like the trampoline boobs version, right? Because yeah. it's like in the theatrical cut, like they have the trampoline scene, but you don't get to fucking see anything. All you see is just like chick's head bopping up and down, and then like the knife comes up through, and then you just see her go down, cut to black, and it's like, no, come on. So yeah, yep. in, the un, in the unrated version, it's like, no, no, she's full on like taking her gear off, and you get to see everything with from a wide angle. <laughs> yep. <laughs> or you could have that be Judy. <laughs> and she takes a knife like it's no problem at all. No. Oh, no. So the pilgrim's like, aha, I'm going to get her this time. And he pokes the knife through the trampoline and she just takes it. And it's like, yay. And he's like, oh, what the I like, fuck? I like a rough. <laughs> I'm throwing oh, a baseball no. bat down a hallway. What's going on here? Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> That's horrific. <laughs> oh god but yeah no I, lo I i love this yeah i love this yeah it, exactly and it would be you know this movie would be more famous for the trampoline scene and the fact that like every like pimply faced ninth grade uh virgin dude has like a, a copy of a copy of a copy on vhs with like you know the the, the wrong title you know or the spelled wrong on the side of it that he's hiding from his mom under his mattress oh, like yeah. that's what makes this movie famous <laughs> and of course like when we cut to the actual kills like it would be really grainy unfinished footage <laughs> like kind of like oh, the yeah. uh the one was it the kill in um my bloody valentine yeah. the shower stall sequence <laughs> Yeah, exactly oh. right. And yeah, and then yeah, then then they come out with the like the restored like Blu-ray director's cut. Like so, some somebody finds like you know uh, the whatever our our '80s version of Eli Roth. They find the director you know uh, working. He's uh, he's he's been living in some uh, uh, like mental hospital you know for years. <laughs> and somebody finally tracks him down, and they get his family to sign some papers so we can get the uh, the the trampoline boob version in high definition. <laughs> <laughs> I found it in my garage. I guess I forgot to throw it away. <laughs> or like, it's always some sort of like, this was in the Indonesian cut of the film that we just rediscovered. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Lord. Some mysterious private collector. <laughs> yeah. That's, oh, man. Yeah, this, absolutely. This took some crazy turns. 
Yeah, this was good. This, you know, and I knew that this was going to be a fun one. I mean, we kind of, kind of we've kind of had this one, uh, Mike, in the in our in our back pocket for a while. Like, yeah, we'll we'll mm-hmm. we'll, we'll do some kind of a movie based on a trailer. And of course, the Grindhouse trailers made the most sense. So when we were looking at the holiday schedule, I was like, oh well, we got to do we got to do Thanksgiving. We got to get Omay to come on. Like, this is just the perfect uh, the perfect you know combo what? here. <laughs> we, we talk. You can't mention the slasher without mentioning a franchise. These movies yeah. never have franchises. Yeah. Holiday-themed slasher films don't get sequels. Mm, Think about well, it. Ho- only Halloween and Friday the 13th are the, the big ones, but, like, yeah. Oh, well, okay, all right, well, Halloween and was... Silent Night, Deadly Night. I mean, that's the Christmas oh, Son one. of a bitch. I'm, like, disproving that this... But you have, like... <laughs> New Year's Evil doesn't have one. Yeah. Uh, April Fool's Day doesn't April have. Fool's Day does Well, fuck April Fool's Day. Uh, well, I agree. <laughs> it's always the it's always like the lame holidays, like the Arbor Day movie or whatever. Which like the, I yeah. still want to make the Arbor Day movie, <laughs> but like there is no there's Thanks Killing that had a sequel. Son of a bitch, never. Mind. <laughs> uh, but like My Bloody Valentine didn't. Nope. You think it would? Happy Birthday to Me, which is like the birthday slasher, didn't. Um, how many holidays can you make slasher movies for though? Well, Uncle Sam them, is like obviously. the Veterans Day. Uh, I, I mean, Leprechaun has like seven sequels. So. <laughs> I, I love it when I have this profound point and I go to say it and it's like, what are you talking about? Um, <laughs> actually, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The main reason I wanted to do this trailer specifically, not only because it was my it was my favorite one from Grindhouse and it's been kind of stuck in the back of my head for years, like living rent free in my head. But uh you know, I also recently saw I talk about mentioning TikTok again, which is like taking over my fucking life. And I think, oh, God, what a time sink fucking waste. But Seriously. Anyway, oh, I still can't stop. I'm like addicted to it like everybody else. But, yep. you know, yeah, I, I recently, you know, saw a video that somebody was posting of like, you know, movies that should have been right. Movies or good ideas for movies that never were. And it reminds me of this great comic that I read uh, called Hicksville by Dylan Horrocks, where it's a story of a guy who goes to this mysterious town where there's like libraries and stores full of graphic novels and comics, but there's all the shit that like never actually got made. You know, it's all the, 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 the writers and the artists, their dream projects that they never got funded or the shit that they died before they finished. And somehow in Hicksville, they all exist, you know, that you, you get the, the Ellen Moore, like Twilight of the superheroes, you know, that actually exists. And, um, for me, if I had a Hicksville of great movies that should exist that don't Thanksgiving is definitely one of them. And the other one that I would, I love is the uh, Wes Anderson parody from SNL of the, uh, the midnight coterie of sinister intruders, <laughs> which, which if you haven't seen it you got to google it immediately because it's I, an absolute perfect uh pastiche of wes anderson's style as a horror movie i'm gonna need to look this up because that sounds funny but i've never seen that oh it's genius and the cast in it is amazing i won't even ruin it for you you just gotta go check it out yes yeah, uh the midnight coterie of sinister intruders is such an amazing wes anderson film not directed by him because it's a fake charity or fake <laughs> uh parody, parody trailer but it's such a great version of a movie it's so perfectly on the nose that it makes me like physically sad that it doesn't actually exist like i want this movie it's so fucking bad like i don't care about the fantasy of mr fox you know or i want this goddamn movie to exist that's funny what's the pilgrim look like do you want i mean we know that what a pilgrim i mean okay there is a an awesome if you haven't watched it on um hulu called pilgrim right mike yep uh a great movie where a family is kidnapped 
on Thanksgiving and they're trying to they're being taught the meaning of being thankful by this sinister pilgrim reenactor type of person. Yeah, uh, it's not a slasher movie necessarily, but it's uh, in that vein. So you don't want to the comparisons are there, but this movie ideally would have came 30 years before it. Uh, yeah. You know, he's got the Quaker Oats hat. He's got the buckles. He's got the the white stockings. <laughs> but you have these killers. They always have to have their face obscured in some way or another. Does he have a Solomon Kane like hat hiding under a face? Is there a collar pulled up close like the Prowler? Is he wearing like a Guy Fox mask? Is I, he I, horribly disfigured from? <laughs> well, that would be part two from like yeah. all of the turkey trauma. Yeah, no, I think that we we keep him just how he is in the trailer, where it's like where he can easily blend in with the parade of other pilgrims, where he's just wearing like a pilgrim outfit, but he's tucking the hat down in front of his face. And kind of like how Josh said, we have him literally be just some random townie um, who we find out his backstory is, oh, he's the great, 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 great grandson of Jebediah Smith type of thing. Um, he's Jebediah Smith, the 17th. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. You know. So it's Who, like, the yeah. only <laughs> you can explain this in like the 10th sequel. Jebediah Smith only has sex one time in his entire life <laughs> to make the next Jebediah Smith. Actually, uh, no, wait, no. Jebediah the, Smith is so puritanical. He only recreates via asexual budding <laughs> <laughs> or like something ridiculous. Like he cuts his arm off and it grows into a new Jebediah Smith. <laughs> Well, it's, we'll we'll, we'll yeah, save oh. that for like the seventh or eighth sequel. Like, we've how does run he keep yeah, coming yeah. back? And he's like a starfish, or like yeah, he yeah. grows a bud out of his back. <laughs> like, well, yeah, but that, yeah, that's exactly the I was gonna say the perfect way to just fuck him up in every single movie and not have to worry about like how like how does he come back? You know exactly because it's, it's just a different guy in every single movie. Yeah, he just can't touch women. <laughs> well, and see, and that's, that's why, <laughs> and that's why he fucks the turkey because it's okay to fuck the decapitated yeah, turkey. Exactly, because it's not a, it's not a person. It's and if you, sin. you know, you want to have Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving crossover, you can have turkey be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> like, what you, that was my friend. <laughs> you, if you haven't you, seen Thanksgiving, oh, it's God. a staple every Thanksgiving. I have to watch a ridiculous talking turkey puppet <laughs> kill people. <laughs> but no like i I think i I love the idea of having the the guy just be some random townie yeah and like literally in every scene like have like the kids getting out of school have him like walking down the street across the street have Mm -hmm. like you know judy at the like at the the mini mart like talking to her boyfriend as he's getting out of work and have the guy shopping you know have just like all these different sequences of just like all the filler between the kills have the the pilgrim not in pilgrim attire like in the background somewhere doing some random thing so when we get the hat knocked off at the end of the movie and we just see it's some random white dude gets you know the turkey the turkey baster to the eye and all that when you you go back and rewatch it you're like wait a second like josh was saying you know and you see him over and over again and i think that not having him be this big mythical character in the first movie is is going to be key yeah, You know, because a lot of these first slasher movies, you know, it's just somebody with an axe to grind for some reason or another, yeah. you know, even Michael Myers, like he was literally just like an escaped mental patient 
who then started stalking babysitters because he came back to his hometown. You, you guys know, are it, huge Halloween fans, and I'm not. <laughs> one, of, one of the sequels, you could see Michael Myers in the background in several scenes just sulking. I think it's part seven. Which is no, part six. I'm sorry. The one with Ant-Man. Oh, the curse. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there's yeah, a few the curse, scenes where he's like, Myers. <laughs> he's in the background yeah. in the shadows and you can't see it unless you have the DVD. And it's this funny little wrinkle of like when you watch it again, you're like, he was just there behind the curtains. Yeah. The whole time. Yeah. I- I, lo- I love when they do, when they do that in movies too, or even even when you even when you go back and you realize like in Fight Club that like you know Brad Pitt kept showing up in like the background mm. all the time, or like in little yeah. flashes, or like in the Dark Knight when like Heath Ledger is just like you know in the background somewhere in like a, di- uh, a, a restaurant scene, whatever. Like those types of those types of clips are always really fun, you know. So and yeah, you've got this funny schlubby Anthony Giamatti. I don't know what he looks like in my mind yet, but the fun of watching it a second time of him in the background (laughs) doing ridiculous things that you have to look closely like fisting a turkey at the grocery store (laughs) or like i don't know like yeah buying things that make no sense like he's got a shopping cart and he's buying like 15 boxes of maxi pads yeah and batteries you know we have to have it like okay so so in the in the the shopping scene so we have judy run in and i don't know whichever boyfriend it is like the the new one or the one after the new one <laughs> like we have her in there talking to to billy joe jim bob whatever the hell his name's gonna be and we have the pilgrim in the background and we see like the the, the cashier like scanning the items now you're not paying attention to it because you're paying attention to judy but if you actually look in the background it's like he's buying a turkey rope some knives <laughs> like yeah you know a jar of vaseline <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He's just buying everything he needs. Fuck, he even has like the pilgrim hat on there. You know, he's right. got, like just like if you were if you were looking, it's just all right there. Yeah, exactly. Then also, <laughs> I, it would be funny. And see, I was thinking more of like it would be funny if he's just like the random dude in the background of other sequences. But he's that like bad extra. He's like the guy with the broom who isn't actually touching the ground, you know, or like the guy who's like in the background of a restaurant who like keeps putting the burger up to his mouth but never actually taking a bite, you know, because he just doesn't know how to be like an extra in a Hollywood movie you, you know? have funny like funny scenes where he looks at the camera and he's not supposed to yep. yes exactly <laughs> or like or like that there's what, what is it is it vertigo i forget which which uh which hitchcock movie it is or if it's uh north by northwest i forget but there's a famous sequence there's there's like a little kid who covers his ears and counts down like three two one and there's like a loud bang and it's like yep. it's in the movie because the kid like in through several takes kept trying to cover his ears because it was so fucking loud anyway I, I think that's north by northwest but yeah no i know yeah. what you're talking yeah. about um, you know, one thing that we we forgot to mention on our last episode, speaking of extras and background people, is the dude that takes his dick out in the end of Teen Wolf. Oh, Why yeah, didn't you mention right. that? That was like, that's what I think of when I think of Teen Wolf. Of like. <laughs> You know, it's one this of those... is why your show is great is that we can go back to other episodes. It was the guy with his dick out in Teen Wolf and the ghost in Three Men and a Little Baby. Yeah, yep. The, yeah. Which the, which was just like the cutout standee. But yeah, but if you yeah. guys want another idea for Slasher Camp. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, there you go. We're going to have Ted Danson play himself as the a cardboard cutout as the ghost in the curtain who shows up. <laughs> <laughs> so for the people who just fast forwarded to the end, there is a sexually confused pilgrim 
killing people in Plymouth, Massachusetts. There is the trampoline scene that's been cut out of the VHS, but it's now available on the DVD. You've got a huge whore that does insane things. <laughs> uh, somebody gets stuffed like a turkey. Somebody gets turkey basted to death. Yeah, just yeah, if you've I love it. done that, just re-listen to the whole episode again to give Josh another listen. <laughs> yeah, we need more downloads. <laughs> <Yeah>. Indeed. <laughs> All right. Well, I definitely appreciate you coming on, uh, Mike O'May from the Count Creepy Head Saturday Morning Monster I'm, Mash podcast. I'm so sorry that this episode wasn't linear. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no worries. No. They, uh, you guys tend aren't to be always. like, you know, you play the movie through as you're talking about it. This one jumped all over the place. No, that's fine. Sometimes we do it that way. Sometimes it's better to just get in and be like, okay, what's the end of the movie first? And then we kind of go backwards. And sh- sh- even the slasher camp, like we were jumping all over the place from like, here's how it ends. So here's the first kill. And here's the final girl. And wait, 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 back up. We're going to add this. And like I, when I, when I, li- I listened to the slasher camp episode, uh, the, uh, uh, the Freddie and Jason episode, it was like, I couldn't believe how nonlinear it was. And yet it still made a lot of sense. And it was, I gotta say pretty damn funny. So yeah. I don't I don't mind. I don't mind it because we're just here, you know, to try to have a good time. And if and we're talking about like a two minute trailer. So, you know, just follow along. Come along for the ride. But yeah, Mike, I appreciate you joining us here on the Raised by Rentals program. Uh, Definitely always a good time to have you around. I'm glad we started having more guests. We had my brother, Justin von Strasberg, on the last episode. Uh, Definitely knew we had to get you on for a proper improv after you joined us for one of our off week specials when we had some fun talking about G.I. Joe. And we're definitely going to have some more guests. We'll have you back on for sure. Uh, But for now, I'll say anyone out there listening, if you want to listen to more of this, if you have no idea what who the fuck we are or what we've been talking about when it comes to Teen Wolf and Slasher Camp, well, you got to check out RaisedByRentals.com or all over the social medias at RaisedByRentals. And, of course, we belong to the Rad Pantheon, a super team of podcasters, artists, musicians, you name it. We are an art collective of rad friends supporting other rad friends to spread the word about rad stuff. And both of you guys, both the mics, mics plural, you're both a member of the Rad Pantheon. So, Omay, I'll shoot it to you first. How can people find you on the socials and what should people check out uh countcreepy.com that's creepy with a k for count creepy head saturday morning monster mass just look for it anywhere podcasts are available we're on all of the services and i kind of bounce around as a guest on all the podcasts in the rad pantheon network and i'm always fluttered when you guys have me on uh it's great for a place to let my inner weirdo out and these <laughs> podcasts are perfect for it so thank you absolutely <laughs> Good to hear. You're always welcome. Uh, and Mike, anything you want to plug? Right, like I said, last episode, Boogeyman's Closet is currently on our uh, November hiatus. Uh, we'll be back with Christmas horror next month. Um, we got a lot of fun stuff planned for that. And uh, yeah, that's re- really it for right now. Um, just a lot of stuff in the pipeline. So check out uh, the Boogeyman's Closet on all the socials, or just check out Rad Pantheon. Awesome. Yeah, appreciate it. And if anyone wants to come out. Uh, Visit me on Instagram. Come check out Comics Boost. That's comics with an X, where I like to spotlight crowdfund campaigns for new comic book projects, uh, independent creators doing some cool stuff. And I just like to spread the word. So come check out uh, Comics Boost on Instagram and Twitter. Once again, thanks, everyone, for tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. Find us on the socials. If you do, leave a comment, leave a rating. Let us know what you think. And let us know what you think we should improv, improve next time. And with that, I'm Josh. I'm Mike. I'm Mike. And we have to return some videotapes. Raised by Rentals is a member of the Rad Pantheon Network. Visit radpantheon.com to support rad stuff. 
The theme music is Forbidden Fruit by Velvet Bethany. You can purchase music and learn more at velvetbethany.com.